This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Wednesday, September 4, 2019, and uh, I appreciate being with me, as, I, as you are every day. I do appreciate your efforts to listen. <clears throat> now, we know that the news is always always changing and always affecting the market, and of course, we saw it affect the market today. The reason why the market was up is because Hong Kong's mayor, or whatever the title is, uh, withdrew the legislation making... Uh, uh, allowing for uh, 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 criminals to be sent to China, uh, mainland China. And that was the start. That that legislation started the whole mess there months ago. But since he withdrew it, of course, the markets thought, oh, well, that's a positive sign. But we'll see. I think it's too early yet. And, of course, Hurricane Dorian is pretty much missing Florida. It's dumping a lot of water, a lot of energy there, but it's not doing the devastation that that was at first feared. And so that's driving the news, and the hurricane is moving up the coast, and we don't know exactly where it's going to hit. And it's been downgraded, and it's you know no longer the danger it was. It's just going to produce a lot of flooding, I think, along the coast. So everybody out there in that area, just be careful. Summer has ended, and through everything, the market has gone up and down and sideways. I told you it's going to be very uh, volatile, um, and volatile to the downside, and we haven't really lost that much ground, really. Uh, And we haven't had a 10% correction yet. We're now into September, and September is known for being the worst month of the year. So we'll see how that goes and see if that turns out to be true or not for this year. Um, and hopefully you listen to the show to get unbiased guidance to help you with managing your funds and your 401k and everything else. For the bulk of you, for the most of you, you probably should ignore the wiggles and waggles of the market. Just stay the course in your 401k. Don't try to time the market. It's impossible. I'm Steve Peasley, and I thank you for joining me. And I hope you also call with your investing questions. Anything financial, we'll talk about. And... Your, your calls, your questions, whatever you want to discuss, really drive the show in the direction that's most interesting to you. That's my hope. That's my desire. Remember, my goal here, our goal on Invest Talk is to help you achieve financial freedom. And that means we want to make you a better investor. And I do that by using our philosophy of independent thinking, shared success, and that means sharing it with you. Think independently and let's all share our successes. Let's share our Everything, our knowledge, and that's what we're here for. Today in this era, I'm going to do my best to do that. But again, it's up to you. You make the calls. I have lots of things to talk about. I always do every day. But we're taking live calls now at 888-99-CHART. Quickly, I want to remind you that my upcoming September portfolio review trip to New York City is fully booked. But I have added new dates. On October 10th, I will be in San Jose. And I'm taking reservations for a second trip to New York City, and that is for November 7th. So remember, this is a personalized evaluation. I can show you how to balance your portfolio, your investment portfolio, help you, guide you where you should be, depending on where you are in your life and where you want to be in 10 years, 20 years from now, financially. 
So register early. You get the best times if you do register early. Register at investtalk.com. My main talking point today concerns bold prediction from a notable investor who is warning of serious problems reminiscent of the late 1930s. Now, you know, to me, that's scaremongering. That's what that sounds like to me. He wants to get the months of being the headlines and he scares people like that. I, I, you know, I don't think you have to look at it that way. Could, could it be like the 1930s? Certainly. But most likely it won't. You know, it, it's just most likely it won't. So why scare people or try to scare them with that kind of talk? We'll, we'll talk about that. We'll, I'll get more into that. Now, he's a pretty famous guy. He's a huge hedge fund uh, uh, hedge fund guy named Ray, Ray Dilio. Uh, and, you know, a billionaire. And he's just, he's saying the conditions are very similar to the Depression era conditions. And we'll talk about what those conditions are. I got some other investing, interesting things to talk about. I would like to talk about the U.S. versus the world currency. What's going on in the currency, which may be turning into a currency war in addition to the trade war. So something I think we can find some interest in. And being an executor, if any of you have been an executor of someone's estate, in other words, you're listed in the will as an executor. I've been I've been the executor of my parents, my brother. Uh, so I've been two, twice I've been executor of two estates. And I got some helpful hints for you. And the base book came out today. Base book, that's the, uh, that's the, uh, Federal Reserve outlook on the 12 Federal Reserve districts in the United States, and and we'll we'll talk about some of the findings that they came out with. The market was up. Dow was up 237. The Nasdaq was up 103, and the S&P was up 32. It was about that much down last yesterday, or a little bit less uh, than that yesterday. So, you know. Not bad, and it was all about Hong Kong, as I mentioned earlier, saying they will withdraw the extradition extradition, uh, legislation uh, from the parliament in Hong Kong. Remember, there's two two governments in China. One's the type of government in Hong Kong and the other type on the mainland. And boy, are they different. Not sure how that's all eventually going to work out. Just not sure how about that. And that's what we're going to talk about on Divest Talk today, everybody. But it's up to you. You drive it. You tell me where you want to go. I'll go there. 888-99-CHARTER is our number. 888-992-4278. And you're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. It is now uh, September 4th, Wednesday. We're moving through the week. We'll see what how, how the week c- takes us. This is Invest Talk. The- Remember, uh, October 12th conference will be coming up. We're having a conference in Irvine. Learn more at investtalk.com. And now I'm taking your financial investment questions live, 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk. The long summer of 2019 has ended. We are into the first trading week of September. And the big question now is, which way will the market go? You need unbiased investing guidance. And Steve Peasley is here taking your questions live. 
Call Steve, 888-99-CHART. Hi guys, Lee from North Carolina. I love the show. Recently, I've heard you guys mention or tell callers that you would not recommend buying certain stocks even though they look cheap because of where we are in the economic cycle. And I was just curious, are there certain sectors that you're just staying away from altogether right now, uh, no matter how cheap the stocks in that sector look? And what would you be looking for in terms of the economic cycle to start uh, start back buying into these sectors? I'll uh, look forward to hearing the answer on the podcast. Thanks. Well, yes. The answer is yes. We are avoiding certain sectors at this point. Um, there's... What you have here is in the economic cycle, which is a, a little bit different than the stock market cycle, but when, when you're looking at the economic cycle, at different stages of that economic cycle, from a trough of recession to a peak, which is probably where we are, are a little past the peak now, um, during that all those phases, certain sectors work better than other sectors. So what you do is you slowly migrate to the sectors that you think are, are matching up where the economic cycle is. And that's, yes, we pay attention to that. Now, that doesn't mean we will never buy a, an inexpensive stock because it's just not the right timing. We will, but you know we pay attention to where the economic cycle is. And, and as I said, I think we're a little bit past the peak now. And where the stock market is. So what works now? Well, we know utility sector works pretty good. Consumer staples work pretty good. Precious metals work pretty good. In a late economic cycle. And so we have those positions. That doesn't mean we don't have other positions, but we do have a, a number of those kinds of positions. So yeah, you, you, do, you can buy any stocks that are very, very inexpensive. But you also have to know that you may have to be patient because of the sector rotation. So that that's just how the, the game works. If you want to see a relationship between the economic cycle and what sectors work in the, uh, the stock market cycle, go to Google Images, type in sector rotation. You'll see a bunch of graphs with overlay. Or type in Stock market cycle and economic cycle. Type the whole thing in. You'll see them. I've had classes on those things, by the way. Okay, let's take a look at some of the key benchmark numbers. Gold was kind of flat today at $1,549. The U.S. two-year treasury and the 10-year treasury, which has been inverted, had the exact same yield today. 1.47% is what they're paying, both for the 10-year and the two-year treasuries. Remember, inversion is a bad thing, and you know it's not good for the economy. The ten-year is one point. Uh, the twenty-year, I'm sorry, the twenty-year is one point seven seven percent, and the thirty-year is one point nine five percent. People are people are scrambling for our bonds because we're paying a heck of a lot more, even though those rates are really low. Paying a heck of a lot more than negative rates in some of the European and Japanese markets. I mean, come on, they pay. That's negative. Why would you buy that? We talked about that. Oil is at $55 a barrel. $55 a barrel. Gasoline, $2.57 nationwide. It's about a dollar higher in California. Always usually is. And uh, U.S. car sales increased by 1.5% in July. That was a pretty decent increase. Toyota, symbol TM, had its best August ever for sales. 
And did you know that Toyota sales says that 95% of the steel they make, they buy is American-made steel? 95%. And almost two-thirds of the vehicles that Toyota sells in North America are manufactured in North America? Uh, Pretty interesting. Uh, Here's, uh, let's see, what else can I tell you? Uh, Almost 70% of the automobile market today is comprised of light truck sales. 70%, and that includes SUVs, by the way. 9% of Toyota sales are hybrid gas electric models. And the company says that the new Camry gets about 50 miles per gallon. I had a Camry. I really loved that car. Never a problem. Here's a little negative thing about electric car sales. Electric car sales are down for the first time ever. This is true of the U.S. and globally. The early adopters have already purchased their electric cars, right? And with falling gasoline prices, the urgency to buy or the incentive to buy all electric is less so. So... That's probably why the sales are... And plus, you have a worldwide economic slowdown. That doesn't help. Anyways, so those are some interesting facts for you. There's been a further delay in the Brexit exit, which will put the possibility of any U.S.-U.K. trade deal on hold. We're not going to happen as long as we don't know are they going to be part of the EU. They're supposed to exit, but they keep postponing it, postponing it, postponing it. Postponing it, and I don't know when it's going to happen. The UK Prime Minister has suffered a major defeat with potential significant consequences for the Brexit. They might even have new elections might be called. They just can't seem, you know, I never, you know, since the EU was formed, I always scratch my head, how are you going to convince all those countries to, they, they did it because they wanted to keep compete with China and the U.S. because their economies weren't are much bigger as a group trading block. But I don't know, lots of different systems. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and let me remind you that the Invest Talk radio program and its podcast replays provide a daily dose of market news with unbiased commentary. And we have a fairly new offering, Invest Talk Academy. So we might want to sign up for that. The number to call for your, with your questions, 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk, the radio program and podcast dedicated to helping you achieve financial freedom. You may be a regular listener. You may even have called a few times. But if you've never called, what are you waiting for? The phone lines are open, and Steve and Justin would love to hear your questions right now. Call 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278, the main talking point today. It concerns a pretty pretty ballsy prediction from notable investor, uh, from a notable hedge funds investor. Okay, he warns of serious problems reminiscent of the 1930s. So he's saying, now his name is Ray Dalio. Uh, he's warning that current conditions remind him of the Depression era environment. This bothers me when they make these kinds of comparisons. He cited three factors. Ineffective central banks, high levels of debt, and the U.S.-China conflict. And all three of those factors are our factors, I mean, in our economy. He, you know, he just to give him a little 
credentials. He did predict a paradigm shift that would benefit gold. So he was, now he's a smart guy. But his biggest funds are losing money this year, by the way. So, you know. Anyways, um, he's talking about, yes, back in the 1930s, uh, was the central government, central banks effective? Well, yeah. Ineffective? Yeah, they made wrong moves. They started interest increasing rates right at the time when, there was, when the Great Depression started, instead of lowering them. Uh, did, did they have high levels of debt? Yeah, back then you could be on margin, like 80% as an investment. Okay, 80%, it can be on margin. Just like in, in 2008, you could not have a job and buy a house. We don't have that kind of situation now. He's talking about debt. He's talking about corporate debt. Well, corporate debt is so dang cheap, that's why they've been borrowing money. And yes, that could be a problem, but I don't see it being an issue at this point because interest rates are going down still, not up. So, I don't know, I think. And the U.S.-China conflict and, and trade, well, I think that could be resolved with a phone call if, if Trump wanted to. And he will resolve it before the election, I think. I just, not, I just don't like, I don't like these kinds of comparisons with something disastrous in the past and then scaring everybody that maybe it's going to happen again. Why even make that kind of comparison? You know, I, I don't I don't get it. Just so you can get your name in the paper or on the news? Why? why? You know it's controversial. Maybe because he just wants the, the media attention. Maybe that's what it is. And I think that's a possibility. You know, he's a hedge fund manager and they need to attract money. Anyways, 888-99-CHART. You're listening to Invest.com. I'm Steve Pisa. That reminds you, let me remind you that Investor radio program and podcast and its replays are there every day for you. Anytime you want, you can re-listen to them. And so let's go ahead and get another call or question on the line. Our anytime listener line number is 888-99-CHART. Hey, how you doing? Joe from Pittsburgh here, a uh, long-time listener. Hey, I just wanted to get your opinion on Insulet. P-O-D-D, P-O-D-D. I have a position with them right now, up about 43% uh, since I entered it, and wanted to get your thoughts on the company as a whole, if you think it's worth hanging on to, or if I should take the profits and run. Just want to get your feedback. Thanks again. Okay, let's take a look at it. The last two days have been super high volume. The, mar- the stock was up huge yesterday, down pretty significantly today, down uh, 6% today, even though it was probably up 9 10% yesterday. Insulet Corporation, both days on very high volume, develops wireless handheld insulin infusion systems. Mm. Develops wireless handheld insulin, insulin for type 2 diabetes, type 1 and type 2 diabetes infusion systems for people with insulin-dependent diabetes. Interesting. Okay, it's making money. Started making money. It turned itself around in 2018, making five cents a share. This year, it's going to make 31 cents a share, and next year, 88 cents a share. Sales have been increasing. We're up 43% this last quarter, 29% before that, 26% before that. So sales and profits are skyrocketing. The negative is they have a ton of debt. They have a lot of debt. So they need those sales and those, and they up. Uh, Profits to skyrocket. Um, it's a $157 stock. 
it's going to make 88 cents. That tells you it's very overpriced. Well, because of the growth. This, you know, depending on the device and how much market share they can take, it might be a great, great stock. But it's now a momentum stock. I mean, it's just moving up because, you know, it's got great sales and profits behind it. Okay, return equity is only 2%. That's pretty darn low. And cash flow is only 32 cents a share. So there's there's issues here, very concerning issues of the stock. So I would not necessarily keep it necessarily for the long run, but I would keep it, and as long as it stays in the upward trend, I'd keep it. I wouldn't sell anything until it broke trend, broke down trend. And that trend is probably, short-term trend is like $157 or so, and that's right where it is. Longer-term trend, it's about 130 133. So I probably used the 130, 133. Remember, the trend, the stock will keep going up, so the trend line. So, okay, there has been a good deal of concern about the European Union in the news, the EU for short, and the pending Brexit exit. So I have my trivia question How many countries are currently members of the EU? And in which year was it organized? I'll have the answer and explain after the break. But for now, I'm Steve Peasley, and I'm ready to take your questions at 888-99-CHART. This is Talk, made possible by KPP Financial, where they describe their services as independent thinking, shared success. And this philosophy is why KPP Financial can be of great value to investors. KPP principals Steve Peasley and Justin Klein are committed to unbiased guidance. They don't upsell clients into expensive and questionable investments. Instead, Steve and Justin provide honest opinions and proven strategies based on the individual's current portfolio and risk tolerance. Working with KPP Financial, you can be assured of consistent dedication toward the goal of helping you achieve financial freedom. You can get things started with a phone call or a simple message through investtalk.com. Take the next step toward your financial freedom. Contact KPP Financial. Here's a quick reminder, Steve Peasley's in-person portfolio review consultations for New York City in September are fully booked. But Steve will return to New York on November 7th and San Jose October 10th. You can learn more and register now at investtalk.com. Steve and Justin are always ready with answers to your investment questions. Call now, 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Okay, before the break, I asked a trivia question, which I do every, every day at the half hour. How many countries are currently members of the EU, and which year was it organized? The answer, the European Union is a unified trade and monetary body. It eliminates all border controls between members, which allows the free flow of goods and people across all the borders, all the countries. There are 28 member countries in the EU. The euro, the currency, the euro, the common currency for the EU area, it is the second most commonly held currency in the world after the U.S. dollar. 
Now, of course, when they came up with the euro, they replaced the, the, the Italian lira, the French franc, the German Deutschmark. All those disappeared. And, of course, uh, England is using its, uh, its own currency. And, you know, they're trying to break away. We all know that. Now, depending on what source you want to believe, the EU trade structure has propelled it to become the world's second or third largest economy, if you count all the 28 countries. The EU evolved over a long period. It started in 1950. The concept of a European trade area was established then, 1950. Over time, the, the idea expanded, and it, the European Common Market was established in 1993. The Eurozone currency regions were first created in 2005. So they didn't just drop their currencies initially. There was a process. And then they, then everybody adopted the Euro. Now, I thought you might be interested in that. We can keep things moving along with another question from one of our Invest Talk listeners. The topic is interest rates. And this came in at 888-99-CHART. Uh, hey, Stephen, Justin, I have a question about interest rates. I know you guys aren't a real estate show, but with all the talk of the bond yield inversion and everything, and just interest rates being low in general and negative across the globe, I have a question. Back around 1979, my parents bought their home, and the interest rate they paid was very high, right, relative to what we have now. I, I think it may have even been 14%. I'm not sure, but I know they were much higher back then. My question is that we're in a good economy right now, right? I know we're heading for maybe a slowdown, but, you know, generally, right, over the past five, ten years, we've been in a great economy, and yet interest rates have never been anywhere near those type of numbers that they were in, in my case, in the story I'm saying, 1979. So my question is, what type of economic scenario could ever lead to interest rates being that high, given that we've already been in a good economy and our interest rates have never even approached that? So, yeah, I would just love to know what type of economy could possibly lead to mortgage interest rates that are 12, 14, 16%. Okay, thanks a lot. Have a great day. Well, you're in luck because I remember those rates very, very well, and I remember exactly what caused that. We were in an inflationary cycle. What would happen, that's how I got that to those high rates, and you're right. We got up to about 14% on a 30-year mortgage. I paid 12 and a quarter back then for my first house, 30-year fixed mortgage. And we had a, inflation is the way that those interest rates would get. Inflation was kind of out of control. And so what would happen, prices would go up, and then wages would go up, and prices would go up, and wages, and you got this cycle that fed on itself on and on and on and on. And it was really President Reagan's, uh, I forgot the name of the Federal Reserve that was appointed back then. It was he who broke the back of that inflationary cycle by raising interest rates to such a point that it caused the economy to slow down, to crash, to come to a screeching halt. And then it broke the inflationary cycle. But it is inflation that causes a high interest rates. And we have absolutely no inflation, really, to speak of worldwide. Matter of fact, there's a pulse of deflation going on worldwide. And it's been going on for some time. And it started in 1989 in Japan. 
with their deflationary cycle started in 1989, 1990, and they still are in that that deflationary cycle that they got out of a couple, three years ago, but they're not out of the woods yet. So, we will not see those interest rates unless we get inflation. Inflation back then was running 6 8 9%. I don't remember exactly what it was, and that's why yields on treasuries were so high and mortgage rates were so high because the banks had to stay up with inflation when they charged interest rate on whatever loans they made. But eventually, you can't, you know, you can't sustain business that way. So that's what caused it. We don't really have that right now. There's no sign of inflation. There's none, really. It'll eventually come back someday. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. Okay, let's talk about the U.S. versus the world currency. China, the won fell 3.9% in August. So the won against the dollar, their China's currency fell almost 4% against the U.S. dollar. And the Chinese don't want that. Don't think they want that. They're scared. Well, they won't say scared, of course, but you have to interpret what they do. Why don't they want it? Two reasons why they don't want the yuan to get too low, even though it would help them in the in the trade war. They know if it goes too low, Trump has already accused them of being a currency manipulator. If it goes too low, he will respond. And that response will mean probably higher tariffs. And that would mean more economic problems for them. More importantly... They don't want their, their currency to get cheap because what that will do is cause massive capital outflows from their country through Hong Kong. Therefore, they don't want to see that. They need that capital to stay in their country to keep it growing. So that's probably the more important part of the reason why they don't want to do that. Now, Canada left their rates alone. So we lowered ours first time one quarter point. Australian cut rates, the yen is holding on its rates. The euro, the two-year, uh, the, the euro is at a two-year low. The, the currency is at a two-year low. Interest rates and the currency are kind of tied because, you know, your currency would go up in value if your economy is doing well and your interest rates are not, are higher, you know, than theirs. You know, there's always a comparison. So the ECB is ready to move to bolster the EU by lowering rates. So that's one of the reasons President Trump has been pounding the desk and yelling at the Fed to lower rates faster because it does make us a bit uncompetitive if uh, the EU and China currency gets weaker. He he needs to stop our currency from getting stronger. And that's all it's been doing has been getting stronger compared to their currencies. It's always a comparison. Try to remember that between currencies, and it's always it really boils down to the strength of the economy compared to their economy. And our economy is pretty strong compared to everybody else's at this point. So that's what's going on there. I'm Steve Pizzo. You're listening to Invest Talk. If you're listening to us, obviously you understand the importance of unbiased guidance and experienced market analysis. I encourage you to consider subscribing to our KPP Premium Newsletter written and distributed every Friday. Every Friday. 
In the newsletter, you'll get valuable information such as, you know, analysis of the week's market and the economy for the last week because economic statistics come out every day. Some weeks it's more, some weeks it's less, and it will tell you what's going on in the economy. So I try to highlight that and highlight that compared to the market. There's four sections in the newsletter. I think all are pretty interesting. I think they are anyways. You can subscribe at investtalk.com. That's investtalk.com with two T's. And now I'm ready to take your questions at 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk, made possible by KPP Financial. For serious investors interested in improving their ability to build financial freedom, we have an important invitation to a new KPP Wealth Management Conference. Earning yield in a no-yield world. Investing in real estate, stocks, and bonds. Speakers will include Invest Talk hosts Steve Peasley and Justin Klein, and they'll be joined by real estate experts and a trust attorney. The October 12th conference in Irvine, California, will cover these topics. Understanding real estate investing, from buy and hold to vacation rentals and land banking. How the trade war and economic trends will affect stocks and bonds. Ways to increase your income potential and defer taxes using trusts. And a lot more. Seating is limited to 50 attendees. Sign up early to get reduced pricing. Tell your friends the newest KPP Financial Wealth Management Conference is set for October 12th. Learn more and sign up now at investtalk.com. The phone lines are open and Steve and Justin welcome your questions. 888-99-CHART. Hey Steve or Justin, I guess I have a question about REITs as they pertain to being in a Roth IRA. I had a REIT in a Roth IRA. Would the dividend on the REIT be taxed or not? Because I know that REIT dividends or dividends are taxed as ordinary income or taxable or income. But if it's in a Roth IRA, and that's supposed to defer any taxes, the money's supposed to grow tax-free. Is there an exception with that with REITs, or are those funds also tax-free? Uh, really look forward to your answer. I'll be listening on the podcast. Thank you in advance. If it's a REIT in the United States on our exchange, there is no taxes uh, if you buy it through a Roth or a regular IRA. If you buy a foreign REIT, it may be subject to foreign taxes. The only thing that you might buy in a Roth or a regular IRA that the dividends would be taxes maybe, and I say maybe because it depends, on any master limited partnership, any publicly traded master limited partnership, you could be taxed on some of that dividends. But I, you know, because you get what's called a K-1, which is you're a partnership. It's a master limited partnership. You're not, so as a partner, you're getting a share of the profits. That's different than a, a normal dividend and a normal REIT dividend. So the answer is no. You don't have to pay any taxes on that dividend from a REIT. Okay. There is those little exceptions. Is it a foreign REIT or a domestic? If it's foreign REIT, you might get taxed on by the foreign government. Good question, though. I think a lot of people probably didn't know that. Okay, I have been an executor of two wills, one for my parents. When my mom died, my dad died a couple minutes, months after that, and then I was named as the executor. And of my younger brother, who who, who tragically died of a disease. I was executor named in both those. So, 
If you're an executor, what do you do? If the estate is a complex estate, and these two, by the way, were not, but if it is, you may want to seek professional help, you know, to help you as the executor, an attorney that specializes in this, because it can get very complex. If it's a simple, simple situation, maybe you can do it on your own. The whole issue is, is that, you know, the heirs, the people who are going to get the money eventually, they're all going to be scrutinizing and looking over your shoulder. One of the ways I have tried to avoid that was being very, uh, very open and direct and communicated in writing what was happening, keeping all the, all the people in the will well informed. I gave them a copy of, each uh, one got a copy of the will, so there was no you know, questioning me. You don't have to do that, by the way, but they're, they are entitled to it, but you know, there's issues there. But um, you have to, if you keep them informed, they know what's going on and know what you're doing with the assets, you, you avoid a lot of hassles down the road. Okay? So what do you do when you're executor? First thing you do is gather the assets. You first figure out what are the assets and gather them. And sometimes that's difficult. For instance, one of my parents, I found a little document in a metal box that turned out that it was it it was very obscure about life insurance when the Navy when he was in the Navy 25 years or before, and he actually had a fifteen thousand dollar Navy life insurance policy. That was an asset that I found and gathered. That's the kind of thing. And it goes through all the papers. And this can be very difficult. I also found how, which my brothers and I did not know, that my father, my stepfather, was married before. (laughs) He was married to my mother since he was in early 20s. My mom got married when she was 17. That was a shocker to everybody. Because I found the marriage certificate, <laughs> so you might find some surprises in in your stuff and their stuff, whoever you are. Do you have to go through probate? Well, yes. If the assets are not, uh, if they're over a certain amount, depends on the state. But if the assets are over a certain amount and it's not in a trust, you'll have to go through probate. Probate is where the government gets its hands on stuff. So it's best to have a trust and avoid probate. So those are some of the things. And get about 10 death certificates, certified death certificates. Get a number of them because it's a pain in the, It's a pain to get them after the fact because you will need proof when you go to the bank and everything else to show that they passed away. This is Invest Talk, everybody. I'm Steve Peasley, and we have one goal here, and that is to help you achieve financial freedom. That is our goal. So we have one more section of the show, and you have time to get your questions in now at 888-99-CHART. On the next Invest Talk, former Fed Chairman Alan Greenspan has said that it's only a matter of time before negative interest rates spread to the U.S. Could he be right? That story tomorrow. But now Steve Peasley is here, ready with answers, and he's waiting for your questions. Call Steve, 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve. I was wondering about the stock SLS, Sales Life Science Group. Read a lot on it and 
seems like all the articles have a positive outlook on it. It's got a target price of 4.5. Just trying to get some more information on it. Thank you. Okay. This is uh, Salus Life Science Sciences uh, develops therapeutic therapeutics focus on novel cancer immunotherapy topics for a broad range of cancer indicators. Okay, it's a $5.7 million stock. They don't make money. They never made money. They're not going to make money. And it's a penny stock selling for 14 cents. I'll give you a little rule. Don't ever, ever, ever buy a penny stock. Don't buy stocks that don't make money. This company doesn't have any sales. Don't buy this company. Now, what you're reading or you're reading stuff is all hype. It's people that try to trying to pump the stock up. It was selling for a dollar. You know, it's selling for a, 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 within the last year two dollars, and now it's at fourteen cents. No, it's probably going to go out of business. There's no, there's no business here. They don't have any sales. Don't have any earnings. Not going to have any earnings. You know, so whatever they're talking about, they're going to have the next great thing to cure cancer. I've heard that so many times in my life that it's, you know, it's, it's just ad nauseum stupidity to buy these kinds of stocks. Do not buy it. Can't be any clearer than that. This is Invest Talk, everybody. I'd love to hear any of your questions you might have. 888-99-CHART is our number. The Beige Book came out today. The base book is the Federal Reserve's look at all the Federal Reserve districts in the United States. And so district by district, and there's, what, 12 of them? They look at the economies, what what's going on, and then they report it in a base book. They call it the base book. And it's it, what, it comes out every five, five weeks, I think, something like that. Six weeks? Not sure exactly. I don't know if it has a routine reporting period. I don't sure. But anyways, the Bayes book said that the economy from the last Bayes book has steadily improved. Improved. Except in the manufacturing area. Now, we knew that already, correct? We knew that manufacturing was suffering. They quote said it's a modest pace. A modest pace is being maintained. So they're saying that we're looking at a 2% GDP growth uh, probably for this whole quarter. And we'll know better. Remember, this is the last month of this quarter. So we're looking at a modest, steady, increasing economy. And how can that be turned upside down? How can it all of a sudden be a bad economy? Well, it's totally, our economy is totally supported by the consumer at this point. If that consumer decides not to spend, we're going into recession. But the consumer is fully employed, pretty optimistic. No reason, you know, they, yeah, they have a, they're a little concerned about the trade war and possibility and all that stuff. But they're pretty optimistic in general. And that's what this Bayes book is painting a picture of. A fairly optimistic consumer who's continuing to spend and they're the driver of the economy. And, of course, you know the consumers always, our consumers always been the driver of the economy for, I can't tell you how many decades. So, that's what, that's what we're seeing. Not, 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 not anything dire, nothing's bad. You know what could drive the consumer, uh, 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 drive us into recession? By the perception of the consumer thinking things are bad and then closing up their wallets and purses. That can drive us into recession. 
just by that fact. So the fear mongers could do that. Ken, and we're moving into an election year next year. You know the third year of a president usually is pretty good for the stock market? Usually is. The fourth year usually isn't. It's not like it's a disaster, but it's usually one of the worst years. So the third year is good. The fourth year is usually a down year. That will be next year, the election year. We'll see. I'm Steve Peasley. Guess what? This means the show is over. It completes another Invest Talk program. Please remind your friends that they can listen to Invest Talk five days a week in the four o'clock hour live Pacific time. And they can download the podcast and show you know, anytime they want and listen whenever they feel like it or whenever they get a chance. I will be back Friday with highlights from the latest KPP premium newsletter. And I want everybody to have a good night. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listening line at 888-99-CHART.